Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stolen Signs, episode 21. My name is Kendall Gilmet, and I am here with Harry Pavlidis. Hello, Harry. Hello. 21. My goodness. Yes. Is that really right? That's right, as far as, far as I can tell. Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, the 21st episode. The fall is 20, so yeah, the last one was 20. Well, happy season. Baseball has started. That's fun. It uh, never ends, but the game... The that's true. Regulation games that count in the standings. It has, so this is our first recording yeah, since the, that happened. Right. All the launch angles are official. Right, and recorded for posterity. Right, now at the spring... Uh, yeah. You know the old saying, can't rely on spring launch angles. No. Yeah. So true. Boy, that's funny. So true. Was that, was that a, I think, now it was, definitely wasn't Roger Maris way before him. I think Roger was one of his old coaches, but that goes way back. Everybody's always talking about spring launch angles. And, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Honus Wapner. Honus Wapner, the father of the great Judge Wapner? Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I might have to check my facts on that, but so far, so far as I can tell. Has your launch angle come to loggerheads? My launch, my launch angle feels very good, by the way. Very, okay, very well, that's that's good to know. So um, today we are going to be kind of just catching up and talking <laughs> about um, baseball, actual counting baseball. Yes. And, um, We're like five games into the season, like a whole week almost here. Almost a whole week, yes. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to turn a game on, actually. I won't, I won't put the sound on, but I'm actually yes. Hope it doesn't distract you, Harry. No, you know I don't really pay attention while okay. we're doing this, anyways. So Fair enough. Won't be, won't be that big of a difference. I was watching um, some of the Astros, um, whoever they were playing, Astros, and they were playing another team. Oh, the Orioles. Sorry, Orioles fans. And um, I had not noticed Dallas Keuchel's um, forearm ink. I don't know if that's new or not, but uh, he's got some some serious tattoo on his forearm. So. And he has a new ring, too. They got their, their, their rings. Yes. They're very pretty, colorful. You know, um, I didn't really like that. I thought they were a little, a little gaudy. They're all gaudy. gaudy. Yeah, oh, my but... God. Yeah, dude, they're all gaudy. That's over. Yeah. yeah, you just got to go. That people don't really, you know, they're they're all pretty much ridiculous. It's definitely not an understated piece of jewelry. Ridiculous, and I didn't think they looked that great. And they usually agree; they don't look that great. They're very colorful, but you know, that's their uniforms. I mean, it's a team that used to wear the rainbows. That's true. Which, well, I mean, that's a. That's but a, I do like the rainbow stripes. Yeah, that's a, that's a point for them rather than against them. I have an interesting. Yeah. I have an interesting World good. Series ring story. Um. I, this was nine years ago, eight years ago, almost nine years ago, nine seasons ago, I went to San Francisco for a weekend, um, just prior to my son being born and, uh, caught the, a weekend series Cubs versus Giants. And I got, I sprung for some good seats for like the Saturday game. So I was sitting like right behind home plate and turned out to be sitting next to two scouts from the Phillies. I noticed this because one of the scouts had a gigantic Phillies World Series ring. And so I was like looking at it and I was like looking at his little binder and, you know, he was scouting uh, the Cubs or probably the Giants, I guess, at that point, not the Cubs, um, for the postseason. It was in September, so, or, yeah, September. And so I was like, hey, kind of chatted him up a little bit, and um, and he was, like, messing with his ring, and, and I was like, hey, can I see that? And he, <laughs> he, he takes it off, and it's huge, and uh, he goes, don't drop it. And I was like, all right. And so I, like, held it in my hand, and I'm I'm not a small person, and I have Did large... I no, I didn't drop it. I didn't drop okay. it. And I, and I don't have small hands. And it took up a good mm, third of the palm of my hand. It was huge. They're, they're ridiculous objects. Oh, they're, I remember when the Royals got theirs. And uh, 
you know, so the next season at Saber Seminar in Boston, our friend Dan Mack was coming in with one of his colleagues from the Royals uh, analytics department, and he sees Dan Brooks, who they know each other for many years, and they kind of shook hands. But instead of shaking hands, I guess because they're so youthful and spry, they did kind of a fist bump. But but what Dan forgot, Danny Mack forgot that he was wearing his ring. <laughs> It was like, pow, ow. <laughs> so Mr. Brooks got to see a World Series ring after having it crush his knuckle. But we all got to look at that thing. It was heavy. Like, it was just this encrusted gem. I thought their ring was actually pretty pretty nice because it wasn't as gaudy as some yeah. of the ones with more color. I think it's but the it's two-tone huge. gold that, that bugs me. Okay. I think yeah. the Cubs had that and the Astros definitely had that. Anyway. Well, the, yeah. But those rings are ridiculously big. Yeah. I mean, they're just... And they weren't always. You look back in time; they were they were much more modest in the past. But as the as time has gone on, they've gotten they've gotten crazy. But anyways, this isn't a ring cast. My Could goodness. be. Could be. Only one. So yeah, so the chase for another World Series is on. All right. So who's going to win the World Series? The let's see. Um, I picked the. This is we the baseball prospectus staff had a. Yeah, uh, stop predictions. Yeah. I didn't do it. Yeah, I just picked the winners, the the um, division winners, and the World Series champion. And I think I picked the Nationals. Yeah, that's a seems like a smart pick. Yeah, they're I'd, really they're really good. They're really good. I think it, Nationals Astros was my World Series, and um, I, I just couldn't pick the Astros back to back just because that's pretty uncommon but at the same time i don't see a whole lot of teams that can really compete with them they're really what, solid. what do you think about the what do you think about the dodgers um i, I feel like i mean the dodgers are really good i feel like justin turner's injury yeah, he'll be may, back soon, he'll though. be back but that, that worries me and then uh wrist injuries always worry me um that's like a phobia of yours of some kind. Yeah, well, for baseball players anyway. Baseball-wise, yeah. Um, no, a wrist is not a good thing. to. I mean, not like any part is good to get hurt, no. but the wrist injury is bad. Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard to know how a guy comes back. That's yeah. why That's why we play the games. I mean, that's this right. is the fun part. It's like we have no – I kind of don't like making predictions, but, um, you know, I get it. People do it. And then we have – okay, so once opening day hits, this is what always confuses me. We have two sets of playoff. We have playoff odds and we have – uh, projected standings, which is kind of a strange thing. But yeah, we boy, boy, oh boy, we we love the Astros, don't we? They're good, and the Dodgers, and the Nationals, and then the Cubs. I think Indians. I have... Wow! So the World Series right now, the World Series favorites according to the playoff odds are the Astros. Oh, and the Dodgers are the best National League team, but they're not as high up as Cleveland. So. So right now we like the Dodgers, we being Dakota and our simulators, we like the Dodgers more than the Nets. I feel like the Dodgers pitching staff, while very good, is a little bit smoke and mirrorsy. Um I'm gonna go Nationals, Astros, World Series, or maybe Indians. Indians are really good. They're good. They are good. Uh, Otani hit a home run off of Corey Kluber, man. Yeah. Uh, Otani. Turn, turns out he's pretty good. I think there was, a lot, of, there was a lot of hand-wringing uh, in spring training of... Well, literally know. one week ago, people were like, shouldn't he be going to AAA? Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Should we review what Mr. Otani has done? Yeah. Let's see. He's, he's done something which really nobody's... He's already kind of into... Uh, well, he's, in, he's in Babe Ruth territory, right? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, he's in like nobody's really done this territory. So he's pitched... Well, he started one game and pitched six innings and struck out six. Gave up a home run and three runs. He walked one. So... That was pretty good. That's good. That's good outing. Like 100 mile an hour. I guess he threw some change-ups in addition to his splitter. I have to get – that's – I haven't figured those out yet. I have to look at the spin rate data, which is a little harder to get right now than it used to be. I'll talk about that in a bit. But Otani is 
he pitched, he done pitched good. And then he hit a home run. And that was not the one I referenced. <laughs> the one I referenced no. with Kluber today was his second home run. Yeah. So he hit a home run that uh, had a great celebration. You should look it up. The video is really fun because he, he got the, you know, the uh, ignored. The first home push. run treatment. Yeah, what do you, the, do you the, like the, that one? That, that it's tradition? It's whatever. It's tradition. It's great. But what he did, the way he handed, responded yeah. to it was, was great. Yeah, so, that was fun. Um, he's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's currently batting. I mean, wow, he's. He had a grand total of nine plate appearances, but um, well, no, I mean, got to add today because that was today, not in there. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That's that's not get update till the morning on our site, so you have to look at the box score. Excuse my computer fan as it spins up in anger, anger early as my computer starts to do things. Uh, yeah, he has actually not been bad. He's DHing batting eighth. What's his role today? He's two for five today. With one strikeout, so he hit a home run and he had a single, and he's been timed at like ridiculous speed, yeah, as well. So he's he's all the, he's he's one of the fastest guys in the league. So maybe not top five, but top ten, and he's got more you know as much arm strength on the mound as anybody in the league. He's got as much power at the plate as anybody in the league. <laughs> He's taking some. You <laughs> he know, just showed up here from another country, taking Kluber um, deep. And yeah, took, and he took Kluber to, like to the left side of dead yeah. center. Yeah, deep, deep. with 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 firmness. Yeah, uh, I mean, so you have uh, you know the aging legend of Pujols, and you have the established future Hall of Famer of Mike Trout, and then you have then you have the guy who might be the best player on the team. <laughs> Yeah, which is which is just bonkers because I mean it's like might could be we'll see. There's a lot of hedge. You got to hedge and hedge and and caveat and, and but go oh boy. Yeah, I, I love that that Mike Trout seems to be his biggest cheerleader too, which is super fun. Like you're the you're the best player <clears throat> no, in the league, great. you know, and it's great. You're totally cheerleading this guy who's. And meanwhile, Harper's been on fire, yeah, and uh, crushing the ball and getting <laughs> Atlanta. They're serenading him. The Oregon players playing things like New York, New York, Go Cubs, Go. Uh, the 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 best, I think, the best highlight of the year so far, except for maybe that the Otani home run is a Bryce Harper home run in Cincinnati. I think. Or was it maybe? I don't know. Anyways, there was a, it was a pretty empty stadium late in the game, and, and some people just started yelling, overrated, overrated. And he, then he just crushes a massive home run. Just, you know, just awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, Harper's Harper's raking, Trey Turner stealing bases. This just in good players are good. Yeah, I see, baseball's great. Baseball's so much fun. It's so good to have it back. It's such a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. And it's just, you know, every winter we just go through this. My goodness, where's the game? So, oh, opening day. This is something I wanted to talk about. If we if we, didn't rec- we didn't record like a preseason show, but I wanted to type out Tuffy Rhodes. Ah, uh, yes. Every, uh, opening yeah, day every, performance. Yeah, everybody, every Cubs fan knows Tuffy Rhodes because he, he hit, I think he had uh, five career home runs coming into the, into opening day in 1993 or four or five, something like that. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, and he hit three home runs on opening day. And then he hit five more the rest of his major league career. So he, he, he really, you know, that was like his day and he didn't do anything else in the majors. He, he had a huge impact. career, but he had a huge career in Japan. That's right. That's right. I think he set like home run records there, so like season, season, single season records for home runs. I think uh, so. He's, you know, he had a good career, but in in terms of Americans' baseball memory, he was probably most yeah. most remembered for that. So the other people and uh, Tim Kirkagen from ESPN had tweeted this out that yeah, it was Rhodes was nineteen ninety four. So that was the first opening day when I lived in Chicago. I moved to Chicago in May of 1993. Uh, so I missed opening day that year. So George Bell did it in 1988. 
Demetri Young hit three home runs on opening day in 2005. The meat hook. Yeah. So, yeah, Rhodes entered the – I'm going to read you, Kirk. Again, Harry reads tweets. This is everybody's favorite part. Rhodes entered the game with five career home runs, hit three off Dwight Gooden, and finished with his major career 13. So it was five, three, and five, So as Kirk says. Uh, then it happened again. It happened. Matt Davidson went deep three times in the White Sox opening game. Yes, this season. Yes, yep. exactly. So it's been now there's been four players to have a three home run day on opening day. Uh, and I think we've had another just one other three home run game this year by Christian Villanueva. So for the Padres. Yeah. So, yeah, the ball's flying. So we're talking about that. We should talk about that. I don't know. There's not much to talk about, but we should talk about that. About home runs. We should, talk about, we should talk about how much there isn't to talk about. Yes. I, th- I think people kind of came into the season very hyped up on the, the home run juice and, uh, <laughs> and wanting to, to, you know, frothing at the mouths for home runs and then not really seeing as many as they maybe wanted to. Um, Someone said there's a lot more pop-ups now. Huh. So it could be, you know, uh, I know also that the people who typically research the characteristics of the ball are researching the characteristics of the ball and they have some preliminary findings, but, um, people are going to wait a week, collect more data. That's sensible. But, but yeah, I would expect that we're going to find more changes in the early, in the ball again. It's the early, that'd be my guess that we're at this moment, we're more likely to say, yeah, there's a little something different about the baseball again uh, this year. Uh, I don't know if this is conspiracy theory time or not, but um, it's always is that a, like because I know that all of the baseballs are being stored in the humidor or the well, no, they're not cryogenic with that yet. Oh, that's not yet. No, they're like collecting data on it. See. Uh, I think they're asking teams to do it. I don't think they're forcing them to have a humidor or anything, but they're basically like, keep track of how you store things. Arizona added a humidor. Right. So we actually accounted for that. Everybody accounted for that in their projections, which is cool. But, but you know, not every team is storing their Not every team is changing the ball storage. In no. the same not way. As far as I understand it, there's no okay. change. been dictated. They're just please keep track of it, or here are some guidelines, but there's no, like, Okay, everybody got a humidor. It's, that hasn't happened. Got it. Um, so, yeah, Arizona got one. Um, we talked about this last time, but Anaheim already has had a home run over the, just over the newly lowered wall. It, the wall hasn't changed. Just put a stripe on it. Right. <laughs> it's like, I'm just gonna, we're going to paint a line here. And the game is now I love that. That's so arbitrary. I love it. But they painted that line there, and Trout hit a home run just over that line. So the game has changed. <laughs> but so we'll see. I mean, everybody's going to be looking at. But there's also, you know, there's it, the tracking systems change every year, and I know there was changes with with track bands. We, they've did a lot of calibration stuff in the off season. They've actually added like a little bit of an optical calibration component for pitches. Uh, they may have also done some things that change. Um, a little bit of how they detect the hits and speed, maybe have the very small, subtle changes and adjustments in how the radars are set up. So anything that we're seeing, it's, it's hard to understand because it's not like we have a clear, uh, you know, we don't have like the engineering like facts of what exactly has changed so we can filter that out of the results. But we can try and, try and figure out what those are. What we but have- yeah, bottom line, things there's always changes to the tracking systems there's probably changes again to the ball uh, but it seems so far that the launch angle revolution is, is continuing that hitters are, are lifting the ball right be- so yeah be- they're trying to get a steeper launch angle to hit the ball in the air more right yes. like that's that's the kind of the goal and the thinking behind that is that it's not even hit. hitting don't, don't try and hit line drives try right. and hit ball try and hit home runs high because yeah, basically trying to hit home runs. Yeah, but swing hard and high. Aim high, yeah. yeah. 
So there's, you know, not everybody completely buys into that. Um, some of it's reactionary, some of it's probably founded. <clears throat> but I think it depends on the level of play. I'm not 100% convinced that you want to tell your high school, you know, your, your five foot eight, 130 pound high school player to lift, unless you know he's going to. I mean, it depends on what the. It's just, I don't know. And I also have the question of are these guys who've changed the launch angle and have had success? Do they already have attributes like being, you know, I think Jared Seidler, when he's on the show, bought this yeah. up. These guys are all good contact hitters already. Right. Right. So there's that. And I think I asked it on Twitter. Nobody really came up with, you know, there was some maybes or we'll see about guys. And so, again, that seems to be, you know, it depends. Heard something more off kind of on the side that, that Carpenter, Matt Carpenter tried to do it. That was one of the reasons he struggled. So there are guys like who have not done well in attempting to make that change. Right. So, you know, it's, it's one, it's one of those things. It's really hard to sort out the hype from the reality because there's so many factors at play. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's one thing too, just heading into the season, there's guys who may have changed their approach. There's also, you know, guys who have added new pitches or, you know, different things like that. So, um, that can affect things. Does that, um, how does that affect you as you're trying to? Well, pitchers like do things to me. <laughs> and to, no, they do. They, pitchers they are mad to, at you, Harry. Pitchers, no, pitchers like change what they're doing. And especially guys, as they get older, they lose velocity and they, they need to try new things. So Verlander screwed around with his, his slider a couple of years ago. And, and people talked about this like a, like more like suddenly at the end of last year when he came to Houston, even though a lot of this, this fiddling was happening with Detroit. Uh, but it looked like a cutter for a while, and he's even saying it was a cutter. And people were like, it was a cutter today, and, and so we started charting it as a cutter. And then later he was like, no, 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 I was never, ever throwing a cutter. I was, it was just my slider. Just I was doing it differently, and it was wrong. It was still my slider. And then you have, like, Jake Arrieta, who will say it's a slider. Like, I hear him say that. And then, like, John Baker, who caught the guy on Twitter, he'll be like, no, you know, it's a cutter. That's what we called it. I'm like, you know, whatever. Uh, then there was a long time ago when he was just coming up, Madison Bumgarner. There was like, which is it, slider or cutter? And it turned out a few years later that he was calling it different things based on how he felt about it. So it was like, you know, p- pitchers are, are strange about that. So this year's uh, this year's thorn is, is none other than Cole Hamels. What's he change? What's he? What does he change? He said he's he said he's doing a thing with a slider now. Where he he's but he's always throwing this cutter, which is always kind of slightly sliderish, anyways. And uh, so he said, you know, I'm throwing a slider, and so it's supposed to be slower. And we we found some during spring training data that you wouldn't see publicly, but we we, we could see it. And uh, then again, in public data, it started kind of like manifesting. We weren't, weren't sure that we wanted to tag it. And then uh, we heard from uh, Eric Nadel, who was a broadcaster for the Rangers. He said, oh, yeah, he's throwing a slider. You know, Bannister says it's a slider. Brokale says it's a slider. Hamill says it's a slider. It's like, okay, well, they're all like the same speed. It's either he threw all cutters or all sliders. And this, this is talking about the start from, I think, the 3rd of April, which would be yesterday, and uh, from when we're, we're recording on the 4th. Uh, and... So I'm like, no, either they're all like the same, you know, so he threw either one or the other. It's like, nope, you know, all three of these characters have said that he threw both. And then in particular, there's a speed range to look for. And that's the speed range where it was. So I asked Lucas Postelaris, who's one of our research assistants at Pitch Info, I said, hey, can you check this out? And he's like, sure. There were no pitches in that speed range. <laughs> it's like maybe some change-ups, but those were, you know, it's like nothing cutting, nothing, nothing nothing moving glove side uh you know you, you, it's not, there's it's not an issue telling this guy's change up it, it, he doesn't throw many they're very very much a fader so it's not like we're missing some type of tumbling pitch fine, calling it something else so yeah we don't know so with Ver, you know we do so i'm expecting like us to have this problem all season now with this guy like no those were sliders those were cutters no those were those were cutters Last week, but this week they're sliders, and you know, I, I, me and Lucas are like having we're like talking past each other, you know, just like 
like, he's like, are they all sliders? Like, no, no, there's a mix of them. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and then he's like, no, they're all the same. And I'm like, okay, they're all the same. No, on authority, they say there were two groups. Okay, Lucas, on authority, there were two groups. Harry, there's only one group. So I, I'll, I'll pick this up again. But th- that's what we kind of go through with, with, with pitchers is, is that type of stuff. Where what's a cutter, what's a slider? When a guy's saying he's throwing both and he's working on it, my God, they may say it's two different pitches. The pitching coach may somehow have in his mind that it's two different pitches, but they may be completely indistinguishable. So we'll go look at signals on video and things like that, see if the catcher's actually dropping a different sign. But um, yeah. Do you find over the course of a season you're able to kind of suss that out? Or? Oh, yeah, totally. Like guys clean up their act as the season goes. But sometimes we... Or do they just pop on some pitches? Sometimes like, we oh, think that we're... That. Sometimes we think that... That, that they were, weren't changing something, but they did. and it, like, Or we disagreed, like David Robertson last year when he added a slider after he went back to New York. Uh, like It took some time for us to really believe that and convince all of ourselves that it was real. So it took video and, and things like that sometimes. Because with pitches like that, with certain types of pitchers, it can be hard to tell because they and change speeds a- and, and whatnot. From a viewer's point of view, like if I'm just watching the game, um, I'm not really going to be able to tell. Like I would have to be like looking at uh, movement charts or. Well, I mean, if you're familiar with the pitcher and looking at the radar gun on TV, kind of get an idea. Yeah, you might be like, "Hey, yeah. wow, that was was that his cutter? That was kind of slow. That was like only 81." And or sometimes when guys like um, like Koji Yuhara, like he he had like an 81 mile an hour fastball. Uh, 78 mile an hour cutter that like, never threw in like a 78 mile, and a 74 mile an hour uh, split. So basically, the cutter was like halfway between the two. I probably gave the numbers wrong there, but because but anyways, he was like halfway between the two. So if you just knew him as a fastball splitter guy, all of a sudden there's a third speed that you know in the middle that you're not familiar with. Like oh that that had to be his cutter because of that you know. So you're, if you're watching the game on TV, it's like oh what was that what, 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 what was that at 80, 89 there or 83 yeah that's a different speed for him sometimes that's just a guy taking something off sometimes sometimes a guy's just trying to take something off just to get it over on 3-0 sometimes the guy's taking something off a pitch uh just like a fastball because he just wants to let the pitcher bunt and that's this interesting thing where it's like what's this weird pitch it's slow it's spin rate's pretty normal just a little down but it doesn't move like his changeup what was the situation? And you look and you see it was either a three zero count or an 0-0 pitch with a pitcher at the plate. And sometimes you're just trying to let the guy bunt, throwing batting practice fastball. Chris Sale throws those. Carl Sembrano used to throw those. Uh, so, you know, pitchers do different things and manipulate the ball. They they pitch. So do you find the that, distinctions between pitches get lost sometimes. I think you said this a little bit earlier, but do you find that um, as guys get deeper into their careers, you find more like fiddling or more. Oh yeah, they have. They of, much definitely. You yeah. get definitely find fiddling as guys get through their career. No doubt. The longer they go, the more they add stuff and change stuff. That's so just the way it is. I haven't looked at this, but what does Bartolo Colon's like? His uh, pitch mix and his like his I would imagine sinker. he his, throws like an endless just an endless stream of two seam fastballs, a good amount of four seam fastballs. Sometimes a lot of four seams too. Yeah. Depends, but mostly two seam fastballs, four seam and four seam fastballs, and then occasionally a slider, occasionally a changeup. But he's just basically throwing, you know, eighty nine mile an hour balls at the edge of the plate over and over and over again. And he's oh. I, I was looking at his page the other day and. It's like 21 years in the league, and yeah. it's like amazing. Yeah, I know. He's, he's like super old. Um, it's almost as old as me. He's, he's And he had like a – he's like one of the first guys who had those platelet-rich uh, or plasma-rich platelets. I don't know, something, those injections in his elbow that like he had to go like overseas to do. I think it wasn't being done in America at the time. But like he, he kind of had this, had this whole second act. He had he was yeah. like a power pitching yeah. Cy Young guy. Totally. Now he just throws, you know. It's not even like he's a junk baller jump. either, you know. Because no, he like, he scores high in our power rating despite yeah. the fact that he's got one of the lowest fastball velocities. Because all he does is throw fastballs. Right. Yeah, he's That's a very it. interesting interesting he's player. Extremely interesting player, and he's still in the major leagues. I mean, the, totally bananas. Like I can see it um, for like a. Like an Ichiro type, 
um, you know, I think they're about the same age, actually. Forty-four. I think he chose forty-four, and Bartolo's. I think he's forty-four. Might be. Um, but just they're like I can see that as a forty-four, as a outfielder, fourth outfielder, or whatever. Especially somebody who looks like Ichiro and um, is in the kind of shape he is. Ichiro's like incredible shape. Bartolo is actually five months older than Ichiro. There you go. Um, and but I can't imagine two, that two years younger than me. They're, they're young lads. Uh, yeah, no, like Guitro is like incredibly fit. The thing is, like Bartolo is actually an incredibly good athlete and strong yeah. and flexible. He just he just built like me. There's <laughs> 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 a lot of him to love, and uh, I mean, he's just. I mean, to, to me, he's like you know, it's a beautiful thing. As yeah. long as people, as long people, I am in major league physical condition. There you like go. I, I, I have the body of a major league baseball player. I can say it just one. It just looks like it. Can't move like it. if I try to do anything like he does. I'd hurt myself. But yes. at least I can. At least I can. At least I can wear my shirts the same. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's incredibly strange in his pitching technique. I mean, he just, you know, he he he's he he confounds description he's a command pitcher but he doesn't throw a lot of off-speed pitches so that makes him look you know he's not a change-up specialist he's not a slider he doesn't have like some like curveball he, he doesn't really throw a curveball he's like, like a pretty generic looking slider so i think guys like that are, are fascinating like guys who um i mean like you said because like, it's pitching because pitching yeah. isn't just even though in this era there's you know Velo, 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 velo. Yeah, I mean, you can still pitch in the 80s. It, it, it proves it. I mean, even when Moyer at the end of his career was pitching in the 70s, I mean, yeah. you have no margin for error, but you can still screw hitters up. And it's just, yeah, so it's kind of fun to see that Bartolo's around, even if it's kind of as a fringy, just hanging around the edges, big leaguer. It, it's it's good. He's entertaining, too. He, he's, he seems to enjoy playing baseball. Yes. He better just play it for you know, He's probably been playing baseball for forty years now. Yes. It's a long time. Well, I'm gonna take this time to um, do a little housekeeping and invite everyone to follow us on Twitter at stolen underscore signs. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can just search for stolen signs or hopefully you're already subscribed and you can just give us the amount of stars you think we merit uh, are the podcast merits. Um, and uh, we are now on Spotify. So if you um, are a Spotifyer and uh, you can now follow, I believe that the nomenclature on Spotify is follow our podcast. So you can follow our podcast and then stream it wherever you go take it with you and um hopefully enjoy it so uh find us on spotify if you so choose So last week I went up to opening day with my family and up to Seattle and um, they always put on a pretty good show for opening day. It's my 10th, it was, I think it was my 10th out of 11 years oh, wow. opening days. So it's kind of a, a bit of a tradition, which is fun. Um, and it was the first time, I think it was the first time we went to, it was a night game and I took my kids who are eight and three um and we stayed for the whole game which was pretty cool and um they stayed awake the whole time which was excellent and super fun and um did you eat like any grasshoppers or whatever it is we didn't we were going to but like the line so safeco is kind of interesting um opening day is like always packed yeah every like crazy, like crazy 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 packed mm-hmm. And then it's less less the case 
anymore, but it used to be where you would go opening day and then you'd go like to the second game and it was like less than half full. Um, but it's attendance is getting a little better in Seattle, but so it's packed and those lines were crazy. And so we didn't even try it. We're going to go back and, and get the crickets, but I have had the crickets before and, um, they were fine. It was, it was fine. Um, I enjoyed the garlic fries when I was yes. sitting there. Garlic fries are always good, always good. So uh, it was a, it was a fun time, and the game was amazing. It was um, it was Corey Kluber versus Felix, and um, it was amazing. I think Kluber threw eight innings and lost two to one. Yeah, I, I think Felix. I think he pitched five something or six innings, and then got pulled. And he was like super pissed that he got pulled. But um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Oh yeah. But uh, but it was super. is a is a really fun game. Um, but so we were sitting. Uh, let's see. Right, we were sitting in the upper deck, kind of right in line with the third baseline, so we could kind of see almost right almost on top of home plate um, from the left-hand batter's box. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that Kluber kept getting strike calls, inside strike calls on left-handed batters. Okay. And then the same exact pitch to right-handed batters was not getting the same call. And granted when you go to a baseball game with your family and you're sitting in the upper deck, you don't have the best vantage point to watch pitches. But I found it very interesting and wanted to ask you if you know... That's that's kind of like the opposite of what I would have expected. Basically, so I don't know. It could have been the way these particular catchers set up, something about the umpire, I don't know. But normally, and I haven't looked at this point yet, but Generally, it's been shrinking, but the left left-handed hitters tend to get a uh, a wide plate. Like the whole zone shifted over, where you, they get outside strikes, not inside strikes. So if that's if what's happening the other way around, that's interesting. Yeah, it like, seemed interesting because could, it seemed really obvious. Like, well, it's hard to you know. It could be the way the catcher is set yeah. up. It could just it could just be your point of view. I mean, that's hard. To, I mean, let's be honest. So yeah, I mean, you're, look at you. That's, you missed the call. Yeah, no. I mean, but so yeah. I, I, anyway, it was it was just a very, enjoy the damn game and don't don't nitpick the umpire. Just just, just spend some time with your family. That's what we ended up doing. So. <laughs> I didn't I didn't spend too much time worrying about it, but uh, yeah, it was a fun time. And uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it very much, and look forward to next year's opening day, and all the things that are in store for that. Maybe a ring ceremony for the Mariners. Oh, wow! Uh, probably not. Maybe that's that seems kind of uh, ambitious. I think that they could be a playoff team. Speaking of crickets. Um, they could be. They weren't too terribly far last year, were they? I mean, it wasn't no, like they a, were about 12, injur- 12 pitcher injuries shy. 12 pitcher injuries shy. That's not too bad. That's not that bad. Yeah, I think no, they, but they, if they stay healthy, they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah. In the mix. In the, okay, in the mix. But that's, hmm, I don't know. Okay. Anything else, Harry? Have you grown in any ways? Have you learned anything? Yeah, oh yeah, I've had to learn new things. Um, MLB has is changing their public uh, endpoint for data. Ah. So the old ways of scraping are gone, and well, they're not gone; they're still there, but they're kind of unreliable, or things change without warning, or they'll disappear without warning kind of by policy now. Uh, so that was, that was kind of the excitement for the end of March was kind of picking up data from a new location and figuring out how to get everything in order. 
Was that something still, that you still were lacking? Um, I've been waiting, expecting it for a long time. Yeah, but it wasn't like, hey, Harry, this is what we're going to do, or hey, no, I kind of found out by accident. No, like no, it was like I found out by accident. And um, but if you go and like to their XML or JSON like data feeds and look at the header, it will say, "Go look here," and, and I, I recommend following that and, and checking it out. There's not. It's in some ways there's things missing, like. Um, there's no spin rate data, so yeah, you still have to, you still have to go to Savant, I guess, to get spin rate data. But Savant's not a scraping friendly place, so I'm going to see if uh, see if the good people at Major League Baseball, Dance Media, will update this new API or not new or whatever it is API of uh, with to include spin rates. And the other thing, which is something we never had to deal with, is parsing of base runners. You should just basically be given the base states pitch by pitch, but now you have to kind of figure it out. From that kind of funky data structure, so you'll notice that's people who pay attention to things related to base running, related to our data. will notice that stuff's not published because I haven't gotten around to doing that yet. But yeah, so that's been the thing to learn. Um, that's good. So that that's that's a change, and there's more changes coming. I so, mean, there's there's been all sorts of other stuff like behind the scenes inside of like the data management side of the industry where. Vendors are changing things and changing their schedules and changing their processes and have, uh, you know, modified things. So it's ended up being a very uh, code-rific spring. <laughs> Is there so, more data in that uh, in that no. API endpoint, or it's just no. formatted differently? It's more, yeah, it's for it's it's less formatted. So why the change? Do you know? I don't know. There. Just less endpoints to manage. I'm pretty sure all the other endpoints have feed off of this one. I don't know. I don't know. Dude, that's a good question, though. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, yeah, Maybe. but no, it's it's uh, it's 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 fine. <laughs> the fact that they're they continue to make the data available to the public is good. Um, totally. But they're changing the way teams are going to be getting the data, you know, mid-season. Like, like there's just going to be some ways, and there's just so many things that are, are happening with data processing that I've been spending an inordinate amount of time doing that recently. So, and I'm almost done, which is good because minor league baseball starts. Once minor league baseball starts, I'm pretty much just I got a lot, of, a lot of a lot of data to work on, not just not just code around. So. Work on research, work chart, on chart. chart game. Yeah, make sure it's all tagged. So it's, you know, the, the busy season's beginning. So do you, um, do you personally chart all the games? I think we, we think we've covered I this. I do most of it. We, I, we have someone else who, yeah, I mean, I do the vast majority of it myself. Yeah. Almost all of it. Right on. So you have, with one one major exception, I don't do. I I am not the primary person for Japan. I am the primary person for everything else. And do you do you cover like the Australian Baseball League, or is it just there's there's no data from down there. Got it. From down under. From down under. Ah, throw another radar on the Barbie. Um, yeah, no, there's they haven't got tracking data. We we'll have to ask our one of our colleagues at BP, Anthony Reskin, about that. He's he he has worked. Still, he works. He has experience working baseball operations for the ABL. Um, he's often complaining about how they manage. Like it's a, it's a strange league. Like they changed the ball, and it made things bad <laughs> for them in terms of getting players and things like that. Mm-hmm. So you know, so which is funny. It happened in Australia. Uh, so and uh, you know, he has he he will always give you an impassioned response about Australian baseball issues. We may, may have him on to talk about that and his, his intern project that he finished earlier this year. So we have, we do have some things to talk to Anthony about. Uh, but yeah, to so the Australian league, no, we don't get data from there. We get data from Japan, Japanese minor leagues, collegiate, high school baseball tournaments, minor leagues, Dominican backfields in, in the states uh it's a lot it's a lot like it's it's the people who do who sell the hardware are doing good 
Good. <laughs> so I have, I, have a, I have another little tidbit, uh, speaking of collegiate baseball. So I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or not, but uh, I took my boys to go see Oregon State a few weeks ago um, down in Corvallis. Park? I think it's Goss Park. Oh, uh, they're Goss, right? Yep. The other team is PK Park, which is shared, a pro ball and collegiate ball there. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that where the Emeralds play? Oh, yeah. I think, that's yeah. University of Oregon. Yeah. Um, but so University we went down Emeralds. there and we caught the Saturday game. And um, it was fun. Um, and there, there's actually, they were playing Cal State Fullerton. And I don't know if anybody is a Cal State Fullerton fan or follower of any sort, but um, they have a, a super fan. Uh, and. He is um, a piece of work, is what he is. Um, he, we were walking up to the ballpark, and we could hear this person shouting, like shouting. And we're like, "Wow!" And my, you know, my kids are like, "Are we going to go up there?" And I'm like, "Yeah, let's let's go see what it's all about." And so he shouted the whole game, the whole game, and he was just cheering and cheering and cheering. And it was actually it was interesting because at first, like. He he kind of has he's got like long hair and he's kind of um like really loud and looks kind of like heavy metal and anyway um but he was like just super into cheering his um, name is Keith Franklin yeah totally and uh well I, I met him like we I like went up and talked to him because I was like who is this guy like he's he's a very interesting character but he um so he was like, just kind of, people were like, hey, shut up, shut up. And he's like, he's like, I'm just cheering for my team. And then he would say like, he's like, if you'll, they're like, oh, if somebody's like, hey, if, if I give you the price of your ticket, will you shut up? And he's like, I will give you the price of your ticket if you cheer as loud as I do. Anybody. <laughs> and, <laughs> and nobody did. And so he's like, I think my money's safe. And so, but he did this the whole game the whole game and it was like so kind of toward the end of the game i went up to him and i was like hey man how's it going and he's like it's good man everything's great and so he traveled up from southern california um caught the saturday and the sunday game and then went back down to california and uh it was it was actually really cool like he was a really like a genuine fan of baseball and so I, i really appreciated that um that's cool. And then after that, so my boys and I went to Chipotle, as you do after a baseball game, right? One does, right? Sure. And uh, we're in line, and we see some guys ahead of us who have Cal State Fullerton gear on, and, and they kind of look like college-aged, could-be baseball players. And so we're like, I was like, hey, do you are you guys on the team? And they're like, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> introduced ourselves and um you know uh turns out they were um colton eastman who is um a junior and he's their friday starter oh and, uh and wow. Then oh wow if you just type in colton eas he starts showing up uh yeah. google he's a he's a thing he's a thing and then tyler lash he's i think a freshman um catcher third baseman DH oh, he, just, uh, he just threw a no hitter that's right so he turns oh, out he's wow. pretty good he is really good wow, <laughs> yeah. look good looking pitcher look at that good oh yeah he's a that this, this looks like a real ooh, did he have that bad mustache or <laughs> he did not he was okay that's good weird that's... or something i don't know yeah, anyway, okay. yeah but so i thought that so we met him get the high socks yeah he's a real guy yeah, good looking cat with the uh, and the Fullerton uniforms are pretty pretty sweet too. Yeah, he's got the the, the socks. Oh, I see you follow him on Twitter now. I do, okay. I do. Um, oh, oh wow! And uh, Coach Jerry Weinstein from the Rockies is following him. Wonder if that. that there that's, you go. But they were both very very nice and uh, kind to my boys who were asking them what kind of burrito they wanted and um, all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, yeah, so was, that was a pretty fun experience for my guys, and uh, it was cool to um, to meet him and meet them both. Wow. He, he was a draft prospect at a high school. Yeah, so he's going to be drafted this year, I guess. Then 
I would expect so. I would All say right, so throwing a, a no-hitter is definitely uh, he's, uh, helps uh, this the is case. This guy, he's, if you're the Friday night starter, and just look at the pictures of his like his his body like yeah. his, his, he's, a, he's he's a pitcher yeah yeah he's a pitcher <laughs> it's like, that kid looks like he looks very pitcherish yeah so and yeah you don't get yeah they always that's the thing with the college baseball teams the friday night starters your number one starter yeah 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 so, so that was cool that's that's that was good well i haven't been to a college baseball game i don't think ever trying to think if I've ever been to a college baseball game. I don't think I have. They're probably a lot of fun because it's probably a mix of students and families, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the one that the one we, we went to, we were out in the outfield and it was kind of cold as, as it typically is in March in Oregon. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. So it's like an affordable family outing, like minor, like minor league baseball. It's, yeah, it's because. like minor league baseball. Yeah. yeah, and the the I mean the talent seemed pretty good. You know, like I mean Oregon State is like, I think they were number one or number two at the time, so they're good. And uh, yeah, I can't speak for any other like level of college baseball, but but it was fun. I would definitely recommend um, if there's a uh, like a a ranked team or anything like that. Uh, probably at any level, would, it would probably be a pretty fun thing. I know that um, Cespedes Family Barbecue guys uh, keep a little like Google map of of ranked teams at every different level. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I think there's there, there's good good Big Ten teams. And there's usually some good players, yep. even like there's drafted players and who have made it to the major leagues from pretty much all the schools in the Big Ten at this point. So. Northwestern, Indiana, Illinois. I don't know what conference Notre Dame baseball plays in, but they've 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 had a few. Jeff Samarja, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so there's pretty there's usually some good baseball around here. There's just it's the, that cold, cruddy time of year. The weather, yeah, yeah. College baseball happens early, so like the College World Series will be in a couple months, right? June. I it's in June. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a big, big event. I mean, that's one of those. That's like one of those like baseball bucket list things, you know. That you're supposed yeah, to. Have. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Someday, but I haven't been even. I haven't been back to spring training since like the early '90s. So I, I, I think that's probably further up on my list of things to do in the spring. Totally. In the future, so. Yep. Even though it's not, it doesn't count. Oh, can we talk about something mathy for a second? Please. Okay. Okay, so I saw it today again. It was like stabilization rights. This guy's had 15 plate appearances, and we all know that 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 this stat stabilizes after 15 plate appearances. And everybody's kind of like always taking this stabilization rate thing and run with it, and it's just always like important to point out that that just means that 50% of the variance is explained. It's basically you're halfway. You, you know, you're not – you're not not there yet. <laughs> so, like, stabilization doesn't mean it's done. Uh, stabilization also tends to, you know, you know, for certain things like fastball velocity. When does a pitcher's fastball velocity change? It's like he's predictable within 15 pitches of each other or 150 pitches of each other. It's stable. Like, you know, you know, but it does change over time. Pitchers have an arc. And so guys who have added or lost velocity this time of the year – Yes, those readings are accurate. Yes, they're predictive in the short term. They might not be predictive at all in the long term. So like Kenley Jansen, who's been like way down velocity-wise, is that a problem or not? It's like three miles an hour, right, roughly? He's off more than that, I think. More than that? But like Mark Melanson's gone through. I mean, I remember a few years ago, Melanson was with the Pirates, and he was just throwing in the 80s. And teams weren't hitting. It was, like, really weird. And he, I'm like, that guy's going on the DL. And, like, he didn't. Two weeks later, he was back to strength. So sometimes these guys just don't come out of spring training fully strong. Sometimes it's cold weather. Sometimes it's some mechanical tweak where they're, like, getting sloppy somewhere and losing power, you know, leaking power somewhere. And sometimes they're actually hurt or sometimes they're not hurt. They're just getting old and losing their, their stuff. So you just you, know, you just don't know. So there's a lot of this stabilization rates and – you know, because I've seen, heard things like pop-up rates are up and whatnot, and it's like, okay, they might be. You know, it's still early. So even though you have this, like, chart of stabilization rates, the point I remember that that stabilization rate is not as robust an indicator as 
as your narrative may wish. And I think people are looking, you know, I mean, there's a, a, I think a couple of factors at that. Like there's a whole industry of writers who need something to write about. And yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's also that's a, a, a whole, big part. whole fan base who are just frothing at the mouth for content, you know, because baseball's back and that's super exciting. Uh, so I think that, you know, we're bound to, to the, and it's fine and we should enjoy yeah, it. Totally. But, but it shouldn't be, instead of being like, isn't this a fun, like short term thing? There's, there's always this tone of, Oh, ha- oh, according to our knowledge of sabermetrics, this means they really have changed. I'm just like, stop it. You don't I'm like, it's like, it's that, that's not what, don't no. <laughs> you know, it's just, I just, it drives me crazy that yeah. there's this, like, it's so simple that we can collect if we have his exit velocity. It's like, you know, there's a lot like there's like, yeah, the hitter is most of exit velocity, but there's a lot of things that go into that that may make him vary within his own world over time. And you may find, so if guys hitting the ball differently for the first week of the season, that's interesting. And it's worth watching. And if it stays that way, the more time it stays that way, the more meaningful it becomes. But it's still just a week. It's still just a couple stadiums. It's still just a few pitchers. Right. It's still just a couple conditions. And well, and people wouldn't go bananas yeah. over you know uh, a six game or a six day period in you know the beginning of August. I think if we go back and look at the coverage from 1994, that people went bananas over Tuffy Rose and expected him to be a star, like that. You know what I mean? Where yeah. like people just see. Like, wow, if you did that, then you're definitely going to do that again. And, he, you know, he never, you know, was a quarter of his career home runs right there. Um, you, he's like, so I don't think people are rational at all. Um, and they see the 02 start and the 04 start or the team that's like one biting 170 with runners in scoring position. They might need to fire the hitting coach. Like, stop. Like, you know, there's stabilization rates and there's, there's, there's short-term trends and there's long-term realities. You know what I mean? There's like this baseball is extremely high variance game and everybody just likes to remember. It's like, we're fresh. We're frothing for the content. The writers are looking for things to write about. We're all in this like, you know, guilty circular firing squad situation where we're all just like shooting crap at each other. Basically he was one for five brings him to three for 12 on the season. Yeah. Like, okay, we need to stop. We should didn't even talk about that. Like we should only be measuring games in terms of that was fun or that one was boring. You know, uh, that, that should be about it right now. This is fun. This is boring. This guy's new pitch looks cool. This guy hasn't hit a home run yet. This guy's on fire hitting lots of home runs, but it's just another week in the season. And the the end of, in the end of things, it's like you could, if, if your favorite team has a week that of bad batting with running runners in scoring position in the middle of July, you'll notice that you won't freak out about it and you won't be calling for, you know, the hitting coach to be fired. So you're telling me not to worry about Giancarlo Stanton's five strikeouts in one game. Didn't he hit a home run today though? Like <gasps> the very next day. Oh, yeah. he's going to hit, he's going to set the record this year. Now he's fine. Exactly. See, exactly. If he got a big, you know, I'm sure he got a total standing ovation. Yeah, he did. So, you know, it's, it's okay, though. It's baseball. It's supposed to be fun. But also, just, you know, cool. it's fun. It's just, you know, cool with using the saber, half-ass understanding of sabermetric, so-called sabermetric principles to, to to explain why you believe some guy's launch angle changes in the first week of the season are meaningful. It's just not helpful. You're just dropping. It's that the XCD, XKCD cartoon with the random number generator is the boom, let's make sports narratives out of this. You know, I mean, that's, it's going to change. Like, it's like, don't, don't, you know, don't change your fantasy team roster based on the first week. It's, yeah. That's that's bad advice for everyone that I play in fantasy leagues with. <laughs> and good advice for everybody else. You should overreact. You should drop all your players who got off to a slow start. So that's just, you know, we'll go through this every year. And maybe we'll, we'll do a more formal, uh, deep dive into this at some point where we talk about what those things really mean and talk about what metrics do stabilize quickly, but, but which ones, the ones that stabilize the most quickly are the ones that are probably abstracted a little bit from actual results. And there's probably some good, there's probably some stories we could tell in there. So maybe we'll get Russell back. Yeah. I was going to say there's a good character for that. 
Yeah, it's always a Russell thing. So in a, in a week where we didn't really have too much planned to talk about, we still managed to talk for an hour. Yes, we I'm did. Not sure, I'm not sure what that says about us. Talky. But yeah, talky, talky. So yeah, so uh, yeah, that's that's baseball for the week. Welcome Wild's back, back, baseball. Man. Yeah, it's a new, as I watch a infield hit. It's hard to be. It's hard to be a major league infielder. I would imagine. Um, favorite play, Harry, in a in a baseball game. Favorite type of play? Would it be a home run? A, no, it's a double play. Six four threes. Nice. Nice. Or four six three. But yeah, probably four six three might be the most aesthetically pleasing pleasing yeah. one. I like the triple. Triples are super exciting. Super exciting. But the yeah. du- a double play, a well-executed yep. double play, requires so many like little athletic maneuvers that in certain circumstances of certain players, it can be quite artistic and beautiful to watch. So that that's, you know, triples are definitely a blast. That they, that's a good one for a crowd excitement. But what's, what's, what's the, the coolest play is definitely double play because you've got that orchestration of middle infielders. I agree. I mean, I like the triple better, but like, I definitely agree that the double plays are. You're just an adrenaline junkie. That's your problem. Yeah. You just slow down, you you just slow down and appreciate the artistic things in life. Yes. That's what I need. This is why I choose the music for the show. Cause I understand art. Oh, and we're so glad. <laughs> People are like, this music's all from the 1970s. Yeah, this music sucks. <laughs> now you know who to blame. All right. It's mostly Harry. All the good Here, music listen. was my fault. Yeah, listen to this. Goodbye, baseball! He rode a blazing saddle. He wore a shining star. His job to offer battle to bad men near and far.